Before we get into today's episode, Seth and I want to give a big thank you, big shout out to Maya Bala for creating our podcast cover and Gavin Vanna for creating our new intro and outro music. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of It's Kind of a Funny Story. I'm one of your hosts, Kaylee. And I'm Seth. Today, we're talking about colleges. The big, 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 big ask, the big want to know. When you're a teenager, college, because it's pushed at you 24-7. We're going to get into it pretty quickly. Bear with us. We are using Skype today. So if you're watching this from our YouTube channel, hello. hello. <laughs> you can see us. We've never used Skype to record. So who knows? Maybe we will not use it ever again. But because of COVID, it's just easier. And Seth also lives so far from me. Yes. So it's kind of a hassle to drive back and forth. Seth, why don't you kick us off with the episode? Okay, let's start off with where we applied. Um, I'll go first. I applied to five colleges this year. This like, year, you... like we're going to do it again? Oh, no. <laughs> Never. Um, I applied to UNLV, SMC, which is Santa Monica College, UTSA in San Antonio, UH in Houston, and then UCSC, uh, Santa Cruz. Wow. Let's hear Kaylee's. Okay, I applied to nine schools. Nine. I applied to three UCs, UCLA, UC Santa Cruz, UC Santa Barbara. Then we have USC, LMU, Emerson, NYU, Pratt, and Santa Monica. I have not heard back from any, so that's really cool. (laughs) It's... Beginning of February, though. It's giving me anxiety, definitely. And I only played five. I don't know how you feel, Kaylee. At this point, it's just like I have the ones that I'm like anxious for, and then the other ones like, okay. But probably closer to the time, I'll be more nervous. If you don't know already, if you apply to a UC school, you can apply to all the UC schools you want to apply to at the same time. They don't have early action. Everything's regular decision. I believe the submission date is the 1st of December. No, no, no. Submission date is November 30th, last day of November. And it opens November 1st. And I didn't know that it opened November 1st. And I finished mine at like the end of October. And I like went to go submit it. And I was like, what? I can't even... Don't do what I did. I mean, maybe you could do what I did. Start early, but we'll get into that a little later. I applied as a film major, specifically in screenwriting for film and television. But some of the schools that I applied to didn't have screenwriting, and we'll talk about that in the application process. So that definitely alters my decision when it comes to if I'm accepted, if I would go there, blah, blah, blah. Seth, what is your major? Uh, majors, I had business. Um, obviously, it varied for school. I tried my best to look for schools with a real estate finance thing, but honestly, the majors didn't really matter to me because I'm not very passionate about college. Which is okay. Keep in mind, even though we are making this episode and you might not be applying to colleges, that's okay. You don't need to go to college. There are plenty of people who don't go to college and are very successful. And also keep in mind, through this season, this is like anxious season, like I said before, because normally for a regular decision, you don't find out till around the springtime, mainly March, maybe April. This is like the most anxious time. Seth and I have completed our college apps. I submitted my last one last month, middle of last month. 
And I've just been sitting here thinking about it every night. I try my best not to. Every night. (laughs) (laughs) There's schools that, you know, aren't really up there on my list. But it's not like I don't want to hear back from them. I'm still going to be anxious about all of them, but just some more than others, I'd say. Definitely. And we're going to talk about how that process starts in high school. Seth's going to take over this segment, which is ACC, Austin Community College, or dual credit and other colleges. Yeah, like any community college. Um, I know like a lot of high schools now offer the dual credit program. So where you're taking college level classes as a high school course. I don't know. Is that the right way to explain it? (laughs) But um, that's what I chose to do just so I could get it over with. It's a good way to save money since the school is paying for your courses. And you're getting college credits and high school credits at the same time. So if I did take enough, which unfortunately I did not, um, I could have had my associates by the time I graduated. But I started a little later. Is that, do you know if that's just ACC or is that for like every state? Well, I feel like it would be possible in every state because it's just a certain amount of credits would get you that degree. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I... I take AP. I don't take ACC or dual credit. So I I don't really know how that transfers into things. Seth, I don't know if you know the specifics on that. How like you taking dual credit shows on your application or if it's what you have to do in order for those to transfer. Like what kind of grades you have to get. Uh, I think it doesn't matter. As long as you're passing the class. Um, I know it did way more for my GPA, so dual credit did, like, what's the word? Did help me in the college application process. It did or did not? It did, because it did boost my GPA a little for that first half of junior year before they froze the GPAs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, I don't know if every school does this, but both of our schools did. We go to separate schools. Because of COVID... Our junior year was obviously cut on March 13th to virtual. And they what they did with our GPAs and our grades was just um, incomplete or pass or fail kind of system. Mm-hmm. So we did not get an updated GPA which when sucks. applying to college. Which sucks so much. Which sucks because it's like your senior year, as soon as your senior year starts, you're already applying to college. And the fact that, you know, you work hard junior year, and then the last, like, two, was it two months, two or three months, you just don't have, like, a GPA to go off of. And it's, like, yeah. everything that you did junior year. I mean, we had, like, our fall GPA, but. It's, like, I, beginning I of the year. I didn't that so. one. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the thing the is, stuck with. like, it was a big deal because that's the transcript that you're submitting to colleges. And for them to freeze our GPA for that transcript and not give us a choice. Like, some of us were working really hard. I still had ACC classes when COVID hit. And I was working hard to keep my college GPA up. And unfortunately, when the time came, it didn't show that on my high school transcript. So I'm applying to colleges with the same GPA that I had from the beginning or middle of junior year. Yeah, and I don't at all like my GPA middle. I'm I'm not going to say my GPA (laughs) ever on this podcast. I don't. It's such a stereotypical thing, and we will be talking about stereotypes in a second. But it it's so stereotypical. If you say your GPA to somebody, it's like the way that they rank your yeah. success, and it drives me up the wall. It's like just numbers. Yeah. And then that also factors into what colleges see in you, what this room of admissions counselors see. And it's like they don't see who you are, which... Leads us into our application processes. Seth, I think you should start because mine is a little long to yeah. like explain because of my major, but you can go ahead and start. Um, I don't think... Oh, I submitted one essay for UTSA, but that was the only essay I submitted. So my application process went pretty smooth. I tried to get it done before the end of the year last year. Um. I don't think I had a hard time with these schools. It's just, it's still stressful, like, to get all of your things together. You're, like, 
trying to get your counselors because you have to request transcripts and you're trying to get your oh i did take the sat kaylee did you take the sat i yeah i took the sat and act because it did stop being a requirement at a lot of schools just because of the pandemic so um my school actually didn't do it my junior year and then they said it was optional during senior year so i went in and took it and then i had to get those scores sent out um I don't know. I don't know what to say about my application process. It's definitely stressful, but what what applic um application? What websites did you use? Like, did you use Common App? Um, for UTSA and UH, I did use Apply Texas. I feel like it made it easier because it's like the UC schools to where you can just do one application and then it basically copy and paste that to like other schools. Mm -hmm. Um, SMC was smooth because it's a community college. Um, SMC was done in five minutes. Yeah. Five, ten and minutes. I got accepted in 20 minutes. Yeah, so. Um, for Santa Cruz, I used the, CC, the UC application. And then for UNLV, I did use Common App, which I think is so easy to use. I did start a lot of applications that I never ended up submitting. Oh, yeah, that's a huge. Yeah, yeah that's so a big many thing. people do that. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like it's a commitment to something that I'm not passionate about. So I ended up not applying to a lot of the colleges that I did start. On Common App? Yeah. If, you're, if you haven't started the application process yet and don't know what Common App is, basically all colleges use some sort of system to make it easier on students and the admissions office when it comes to submitting these applications. So for most schools, you use Common App, unless it's like a state school. So for example, UC schools all use UC, Apply UC, is it Apply UC or UC Apply? Whatever. They use their own system specifically for UC schools. So when you go in to apply to, let's say you're applying to UCLA, you go to apply to UCLA on UC Apply. You fill out all of the information, all of the same essay questions. And then you can just literally go ahead on that system and check all of the other UCs that you want to add. And you don't need to do anything extra for that. However, unless you're applying to something that needs another application, which is what I did, which I'll talk about in a second then it's a little bit longer of a process. But the systems that are the applications that are normally the most common are Common App, sometimes Coalition. Um, in Texas, like state schools, UT, UTSA is Apply Texas. But they're pretty easy to navigate, I'd say. I would definitely say Common App was my favorite one, though. Just because there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of essays you have to fill out but it just seems so much easier to not have to keep doing all my personal information over and over yeah. again. That's why I liked that one I think a lot. Coalition was pretty easy. I did start my Washington application there. Oh, I, I've um, never used Coalition. I've yeah, I used, used it for one college, and then I ended up not submitting. Oops. Fun, which is normal. Normalize not submitting. Yes. Your college app. Um, my process was extremely difficult in my opinion i did not enjoy any of it at all <laughs> i kind of ruined myself when it came to this process because originally i planned on applying to one school because i really thought that i was going to get into that school i applied and as soon as i submitted i was like everyone else is applying to so many schools what if this school's last second like they just don't want me then I'm stuck. I didn't apply anywhere else. And I would just freak out. So I ended up applying to nine schools instead of just one. See, so I, I feel like we had like completely opposite mentalities. Sorry. But that's good. Yeah. Because then we can talk about both sides of that. But every single school I had, except for LMU and UC Santa Cruz... And somewhat of UC Santa Barbara were the only ones where I didn't have to do a separate film application for. Oh, and SMC because that was a community college and it was super easy. But every school that I applied to, think about how 
you have to do a whole application, which could be like one to three or one to four essays, including short answers for each college. And then on top of that, you have to do an entire um, short film application. On some of them, it was it drove me nuts. I was like overworked for the USC one. That was the hardest one for me because I was not a planning. Whoa, I was not planning on applying to USC at all. And I kind of just decided last minute, why not? Because it's a, oh, I don't even know, 7% acceptance rate for the film. I think it's actually lower because they're number two. I didn't even look into that college. But film is so hard. Like when I'm sitting next to Kaylee while she's doing this, I'm getting stressed out just listening to her because it's just like, I don't know how I'd feel if I went through what she went through. The USC one was just the worst. It did give me an outcome of a bunch of different pieces of work. I had to do like two or three screenplays, two or three extra essays. Like it was crazy. Just the film application for screenwriting for television and film. But I don't know. It's... It's not something I'd ever want to do again, but it did help me by giving me more tools to use for other schools that I applied to. For example, NYU was probably my favorite application because I felt like it was more personal. They wanted to know more about me. The oh, film really? appli- yeah, the film application was amazing. It was like, uh, give us a video talking about you. Like, no editing needed. Oh, I this is that. like okay. a short film. Yeah. And they just wanted me to talk about myself. Then I had to write about how I, um, what I would bring to an island if I was like by myself, but not a survival thing, just like things that I would bring to entertain myself. And then obviously I had to submit screenplays, shorts, films. They have three different application types, which is even if you're applying for film and television, like it's not screenwriting, it's just film and television, you can use a art portfolio a writing portfolio or a film portfolio i did writing someone else from our school did art which i thought was pretty cool for film because it's like they don't just want to see you make a short film and submit it so i don't know my process was a lot longer but (laughs) it's over with at this point i can only cross my fingers and wait because the hardest part's over congratulations to you for getting that done i could never like, I can't even imagine myself. I called I it even... a day. Probably, how long did it take me to submit my, submit my application? Like probably less than less than two months. I was done. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Until we applied to. Oh, me and Kaylee applied to UCSC together. Um, we Santa did not Cruz. plan on applying there. Yeah, I was just way. like looking at colleges. I think we had gotten an email, and they were like application deadline extended so you're like might as well yeah because we'd already we, all we had to do for that or at least all i had to do because i'd already filled out all my ucs was just go to my uc portal check mark um santa cruz and that was it like pay the fee fee is another thing that i did not like yes talk let's talk about that i feel like it held a lot of people back not just me but like it's it's not cheap to apply to college and then no, some schools, I think your not. school does, right? They charge for the transcript? Um, It depends. They didn't charge for any transcripts for UC. Oh, okay. Which, but that's like, Why is it costing like us that. money to do this? Like, we're already going to be paying tuition in a year, and they want $75 from us to submit our application. Or some schools are even more expensive than that, which just is insane to me. Yeah, for USC, I paid... 125 what yeah because i i had the film application was the film application on top of that i don't know i'm like i'm not gonna get in to usc and i'm okay with that but that's insane i paid all that to to get a nice little letter of rejection will you regret to inform you the way it opens though it's it's terrifying 
What I have to say about pricing is I would really take the opportunity to go to collegeboard.com and look at fee waivers because I only applied to reach schools. Why did I do that? I don't really know. Well, I guess SMC is not my reach school, but I have like two schools, two or three schools that are like 50-50% that I could get in. And Seth later is going to talk about his reaches and stuff like that. But I I just, for some reason, decided to apply to all these reaches because film school is not everywhere. And I, I wanted a good film education, so I applied to the top schools for that. But for Emerson, they gave me a fee waiver. And I wasn't even planning on applying there. I actually didn't even apply for a film. I applied for creative writing. So I just, I utilized that and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this application. It's free for me anyway. And I'm just going to submit it, see what it is. As like, if that could be a safety, which it couldn't, it couldn't be mm-hmm. like 50-50. But I'd say take advantage of fee waivers for sure. But like for you, you were really looking like beyond college. You were looking to what school would give you connections to the film industry, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think I've discussed this with you before. Yeah, that's a huge thing because I don't want to, which it's kind of stereotypical. Like I've applied to mainly California Mm. and then like two schools in New York. And then that's just what the stereotypical idea of film connections is. It's like New York, New York, or it's Los Angeles Mm -hmm. because that's like where, you know, movies are made. Obviously, Atlanta's a big one. I was going to apply to Emory. But I didn't because I missed the deadline. And I, w- I decided to do that last minute. I'm actually going to a signing for somebody that's signing to Emory Ooh. today. So, Prayag, if you're listening. <laughs> so excited. Okay. But, yeah. I Fee waivers, big deal. Especially if you're only trying to apply somewhere where you think has connections. Like, just see if you can use some kind of waiver so you don't have to pay for it. In my opinion. Which brings us to, is the application process a gamble when it comes to applying to a school? I, yes. <laughs> My answer is yes. Yes. I feel like it's so hard to know what schools are looking for. For yeah. us specifically, because we are in an age where if you apply right now, you do not need to submit your score, your test scores for pretty much 75, if not like 90% of schools. So it was like, what are they looking at? And And that scared me. Yeah, it's scary because like we said, our GPA is not the one that we would want to submit. In my opinion, that GPA that I submitted from the middle of my junior year is not what I wanted to submit. But that's all anyone's looking at, admissions-wise, because there's no test scores. Like, UC does not even let you submit your test scores. Like, you don't have an option to do it. LMU, pretty sure NYU, I'm pretty sure every other school gives you the option to, but they say that it don't. It doesn't affect your admissions process. Or it goes to, like, a different office or something. And I, I didn't submit any. Yeah. Anywhere. I didn't submit my test scores anywhere. So that's like, what are they looking for? I have several friends who are remarkably smart and way smarter than I am. They've applied to these schools that, in my head, I was like, oh, there's no way they're not going to get in. Yeah. And they just don't. I feel like that's a, like, I didn't realize this until um, after, after people were getting their letters and it's like these are people even if they didn't get automatic admission like they deserve that spot at that school like they had the stats for it and some of these people like it's their dream in these schools i don't even know what they're looking at because like you see their stats you see the students stats and it's just sad when they get the rejection letters it's like that was their spot at that school but, yeah, especially ranking is like something you can withhold. 
But for the people who didn't withhold it that are really highly ranked at their schools, what? Like, they didn't get in to where they... I mean, not, I'm not saying this for everyone, but for the people that I know that really had high hopes for some of these schools that were Ivy League or whatnot, they just didn't get in. And that doesn't really make sense to me. It just worries me for myself because I didn't yeah. know Ivy League and... I don't know what I'm supposed to expect either now that I think about it, but test scores are what used to be the biggest, one of the biggest factors. I used to watch these college videos on YouTube that would tell me, here are my stats. This is the kind of score that you need to get in, but it's like I can't even relate to any of these or go off of any of them because we're in a situation where... That's not an option. But I feel like I like that about this year. I was, I'm so against the SAT and the ACT, or like College Board in general. Like, they're the making these test scores. Yeah, I thought that okay. was just me. No, continue. <laughs> okay, but um, I feel like they're making these test scores something that are supposed to define students, and some of these students are great, or like maybe they went through like traumatic experiences through high school or even before high school. Or, like, there's a reason that they couldn't do their best on that test. Mm -hmm. And, like, all of a sudden, it's what the colleges are looking at when they see the student's name. Mm -hmm. Just stats. Yeah, which I hate. Which is also why I, I enjoy those college apps that are more personal. Because how are you going to get to know me as an applicant from, oh, I, I ran cross-country mm -hmm. okay i was a student athlete for two years in high school but like don't you want to know what my aspirations are like small things as well just like when i made my nyu video i thought that it was really crucial that i i was myself in the video I wasn't reading off a script i didn't read off of any script i just went with it and i just told them hi like this is what I do. This is what I like to do in my free time. I like to go to Comic-Con. I like to watch movies with my friends, do all this. Instead of being like, my SAT score is this. My GPA is this. I take all these AP classes. I take all these on-level classes. I just but feel like that's the only way you're going to know your applicant, not by your stats. I was shocked in this meeting that I had sophomore year with my counselor. Because he was, or I think it was junior year, beginning of junior year, when one-on-one -on -one meetings were still a thing. Like, I was sitting in his office, and he's helping me take notes on what I should, what what I should do when I start applying. He's like, oh, Seth, you're in sports, so you should definitely put that. I'm like, why do they know, why do they need to know what sports I'm in? And then he explained to me, which I think is a really good way of explaining it, but it's, like, kind of gross. It makes college gross at the same time. He's like... It doesn't matter what sport you play. It's the college are, are looking to see if you were able to balance that sport and school at the same time. Which like yeah. made me so iffy about the college application process because some students like don't have the time. Like they have parents that work jobs to where they need to be the ones taking care of their siblings. Or maybe the students are needing to have a job to help like support their family, mm -hmm. which I hate. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that being a student athlete is amazing. And for people who have the opportunity to do that is great. I dropped cross country. I ran cross country freshman year. I had my parents drive me every day. Sophomore year, I dropped because I didn't get my license. I just didn't have time. I had, you know, sophomore year is kind of a bigger step than freshman year. I'm not going to say it's the hardest year because it's mm -hmm. not, but it's it's more academically challenging, even though it depends on what classes you take. Junior year, I got my license and I went back to cross country, but I didn't have a car to drive me there. So I carpooled pretty much all the time. Whenever I had a car was just whenever like my mom wasn't working or something. And it does it did drain me to be doing AP classes and then getting up at 5.30 in the morning to go to practice. And I just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. But, so, like, why should that be what colleges are looking at about us? 
Yeah, like some people, sports are not for them. Yeah. They're they're book smart. Or even clubs. Like they, he said that I should put clubs when I apply to schools. But like what about the students that had to go home at a certain time for their jobs to support their families or something like or that? Or if they took the bus. Like they yeah, if they took the bus. School. I don't know. I mean, our school's kind of uh, Thursdays when we did have in-person Thursdays were like our club days, but there mm-hmm. are things like um, English Honor Society, Honor Societies in general that have meetings before after school also. So it's like, oh, I can't be in NHS. I can't be in EHS because I have to take the bus home. Like, why is that fair for those students? Yeah. They still work. And then really when it comes hard. to college, it's like they're disadvantaged. Yeah. You can have really good grades. If you don't have those extracurriculars that that college wants you to have, then there's a huge possibility that they will just... Yeah. Like that one club or that one sport could put you like 30 or 40 spots behind where you need to be when applying to that college. Mm -hmm. It sucks. Which is also... It also sucks application process-wise for stereotypes. We're not going to name drop any colleges, but... Being an Asian American, Seth and I both know that we're set to higher standards because we're Asian. Yeah. We're set to some colleges expect you as an Asian to have like a specific range in your SAT, ACT scores. Because of the demographics for our group already. Mm -hmm. Because they're very smart. So much. Yeah. But I'm not. (laughs) I'm not that smart. I. I'm I'm smart. I'm happy with what I have because I do I work hard for what I have and I'm proud of it because it's me doing all I can. But I'm not going to have the same SAT scores yeah. as some of my fellow But people. I don't like that that's what they expect from us just because they see our ethnicity on our applications. Yeah, it's And then all of a sudden it's well why doesn't their test score match like their ethnic group yeah <laughs> like that's yeah like I, i'm i'm not gonna have the same test scores as people in my ethnic group it's i'm not going to and that has nothing to do with if i'm a student athlete or if i'm just a student like what there's not going to be a difference in that but the fact that we're put into stereotypes is it just kind of drives me nuts the same thing with sadly the college admissions process in general there's some schools where they don't always allow or not allow but they don't always accept minorities you can tell by their demographic if you look up a college yeah. you're thinking about and you look up their um class population size whatever their ethnic group one could take a majority uh, i was so college... shocked to see that what i was so shocked to see like some of yeah. the colleges have over an 80 percent of one demographic Mm-hmm. One of the schools I applied to, I'm not going to say which one, they, I believe 2018, their incoming class had no ethnic group took up more than 20% of that class. I'm disappearing. Took <laughs> <laughs> up of that class, which that was amazing to me because not many schools that I applied to even brought up that. And they and they had it like on big letters on their website when I was looking through it. Like they they were known for having like the most diverse incoming class, mm-hmm. which was a big deal to me because it made me feel more comfortable when applying to think, Oh, I don't have to worry about checking that I'm Asian. Yeah. Like my mom's Polish, so I get to put that I'm white. But I also put that I'm Asian and that could reflect differently. But <laughs> What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. When I see that a school is more diverse, it does take some weight off my shoulder. Because if there's more of people like me applying, then... Did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> Zoe's scratching on the door. You can go let Zoe out. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say, while Seth lets his dog out, something that sucks about Seth just fell (laughs) if you're watching this on our YouTube channel you can see Seth um something that I want to talk about really 
briefly because I Seth and I have both not been accepted anywhere yet. So there's not much that we can say about financial aid right now because we haven't been given any scholarships. We haven't received any admissions is look behind the scenes about the colleges that you're applying to. Some colleges don't tell you this, but there is this thing called um, need blind and blind colleges. Need blind is where a college looks at you and they don't, they don't care about your parents' financial records. FAFSA is where they find this information out. It's very crucial that you fill out FAFSA because they, it's money from the government for college, even though it might not be a lot. You might not be given a lot. Filling this out also has your colleges look at it. And colleges that are blind, they don't, they look at your parents' financials and they say, well, you can't afford to go to this school. We don't think you can afford to go to this school. No matter how many student loans you have, we don't think you'll be able to pay that full tuition. We're not going to accept you. Which is, again, something that I hate. Like, I don't even know how to put it. It's just not fair. It's, It's so... I don't know. I can't even find the words to say, like, how the college, like, application system, it's not for everybody. Mm-mm. But, like, when I say everybody, I mean, I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say, Kaylee? Yeah. It's the fact that your success is, again, determined by a number. Yeah. Drives me up the wall. Like, I could get my whole entire tuition for four years covered by student loans will i be in debt for so many years in my adult life yes but they care about money like You're why are they get bringing money. family financials into something that's supposed to help to make you successful or give you like a better future i don't i don't like that no i don't think that's fair at all i think i think every college should be need blind i think every college should not worry about what my parents or my household is making. They should worry about me as an applicant, which is exactly what I said earlier. Like those personal applications are what should determine it, not the amount of money that comes into my household. Like what does that have to do with if I can write a screenplay for the next big motion picture? Like what what does that have to do with anything? It doesn't. And it drives me nuts because I don't want to tell you my finances anyway. Like, why do you need to know it? But we have to fill it out. Perhaps uh, for the government to be political. But when you are applying, please look at the behind of the scenes. You can use forums. Um, College Confidential is what I use. I've been told it's problematic and toxic because... Problematic? Well, because it's it's where, like, a bunch of um, moms... And, oh, like seniors in high school go to create a forum and then everyone talks about the college. So like I, the main ones that I look at are LMU regular decision 20 class of 2025, because I want to know updates. People are like, Oh, I think decisions are coming out today or scholarships are coming out this day or honor society stuff. So look at forums like that. Be aware that some people are going to be listing their stats and it could make you feel smaller but okay <laughs> don't yeah. worry about other people worry about yourself which is easier said than done but seriously but then are there like people on those forums that are angry that they didn't get accepted to the college um actually no i mean on college confidential which is the only one that i'm on not really um obviously i mean i've seen the early action ones and no one ever really says like I didn't get accepted. Like, I hate this school. But it's either, like, the only way that they really say something is if they get deferred. Yeah. Or, like, in UT, if if they're capped or something. But it's more just toxic because there's people listing their stats and you're, like, freaking out about it. I never read people's stats. I'm only there to find out decision times and just dates for anything in general. That would just make me more worried. No, it's not. I mean... (laughs) It's definitely making me worried, but I also watch videos of people getting rejected on YouTube, which is not good for me. But I do it anyway. <laughs> Haley does this when it. I'm with her, and I'm like, what are you doing to yourself? I just need to be prepared. 
I need to be prepared by watching other people cry. I don't want to say what school I want to go to because if I don't get in, uh oh, <laughs> I'm not going to be on the podcast like crying about it. But uh, out of my list of nine schools, there are two or two mainly, but maybe three that I really am hoping is a yes from. I'm not even hoping anymore. Really? Yeah, I'm like. I'm really praying on one of them. I got if, into if two. If one of them accepts me, then I'm gonna go. What? I just saying, like, I got into two schools. Um, sophomore me would be so proud of myself. So I'm gonna be proud of myself right okay. now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Also, cool. one of the schools is like a 95% acceptance rate. That doesn't matter. You still got in. Yeah. SMC. SMC is 100. No, you have to have a certain GPA. Really? Yeah. It's like a two point. If you something. are thinking about applying SMC, I highly recommend yeah. it because it's the number one transfer school in California to all the UC schools and like LMU and USC. You do so two years there, you transfer. If you decide that California is a place that you want to live, but you're not sure if college is for you, which is basically like the boat I'm in right now, um, I would recommend SMC because you can take those two years at the community college and like not have to worry about is any UC school gonna accept me? Because at least one will. Right? Hopefully. I as mean long I'm, as you keep your GPA. Yeah, it's it's the number one transfer school in California. It's also in Santa Monica, which is a beautiful place to live anyway. But if you if you're on Seth's boat where you don't know if college is for you, then I highly recommend applying to a community college near you or where you want to be and then transferring after two years because that also saves you so much money yeah i was comparing how much money is saving me if i do decide to go i think it's like eight thousand a year for out of state because it's four grand a semester right i don't i didn't look that i just looked at that it was one thousand for in-state eight thousand for out Mm -hmm. but still like that is way better than a university and you still can get student loans and stuff like that for it. And FAFSA still is a thing. I put Santa Monica on my FAFSA. Oh, yeah. If you're like, if you do want to move, but you're afraid how you'd afford rent, I think student loans do help with that. I'm not saying student loans are the way to go. Because that's another thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to be doing student loans. Yeah. I'll be in debt for a while. Especially if I end up going to the school that I'm thinking of right now. I will be, but I, I, I still want to go there. So they're, they're my number one choice at the moment. Oh, my dogs. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's worth it. Hopefully, it'll pay off in the future. Probably will, knowing Kaylee. Okay, don't jinx it. Where's Not. the wood? <laughs> on the wood, I hope you heard that. Our last little segment in this piece is about Seth. Yay. And Seth, do you want to talk about why, which is perfectly normal, why you did not apply to any REACH schools? Because, like I said earlier, I'm not passionate about college at all. So I'm big on, like, my energy and my mental health. Like, why am I going to put my energy into something that I don't care too much about? And then I don't think... I really wanted a gap year, but... My parents are so against that. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess it's just, normal also. Yeah. But it is something, like, when I bring it up, everybody warns me, not just my parents. Like, that gap year can make or break you. You can get lazy and then stay where you're at for the rest of your life, which scared me so much. So I did end up applying to college. But, you know, I it's just because I know myself, I probably would end up getting lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. But uh, a gap year is for a lot of people. I would recommend it. Like, I can't speak from experience, but it sounds like something I would like. Or maybe a gap I semester. Do it. I could not no? do it. I'll tell you right now. No, I know that I would get lazy and unmotivated. And in my in the industry I want to get into, that's not an option for me. Mm-hmm. 
So I just know I couldn't do it, but I mean, I understand why people do it. And some Which is why I think really community benefit. college is like a great alternative to that. Yeah. To taking a gap year. Also, community college first. like lets you focus on adulthood. More. Yeah. Because you have more time to yourself. Mm-hmm. But I am a first generation college student. No, you're not. You're not. You're definitely not. But I am in a way. In a way. In a four-year way. Four-year. Like um, if I was to get bachelor's degree. Oh, okay. But mm-hmm. I think that's what's really motivating me to be like, oh, I'm gonna be the first, because um, my parents actually are not from here. They moved here in their teens. Oh, so never were- mind. Yeah, they were more I'm focused. 50%. <laughs> but yeah, my parents were more focused on like starting their life and securing their life here in America than getting an education. But it did end up working out like we're a happy family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think I would like the education to hopefully, I don't know, secure a better future for myself. But then again, it's always it's okay to not want to Mm -hmm. take the college route. I have friends who are not taking the college route. And if they, in their heads, they're also at the same time saying, well, I'm just going to do ACC. I'm not even going to transfer to a university, which is so normal and financially one of the best options to do. So smart. So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I I don't really want to apply to college. I don't think college is for me. Then do what you think is going to benefit you in the future. If you don't know but what that then, is now, then like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to it's not just know. That I'm a very impatient person. Kaylee knows this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially so, driving. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to go five more than the speed limit, Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Anyways. I just think college would be good for me, even if I don't get into like a super good school, because it could put me on the fast track to where I want to be. But it's different for everybody. I agree. Some people, college is the only way to get to where they want to go. So it's really just up to you and what you want your future to look like or what job you want to have. What I would say to wrap up our episode is if you are a junior or sophomore or a freshman, if you're in high school right now and you're not a senior and you have not started your application process because it's just not the time, it's not the season, I say worry more about your application than your stats. I'm not saying, you know, you're in school right now, you're doing virtual school or whatever you're doing in person. I'm not saying that you should slack off and just start working on your college app, but What I've noticed this year specifically with all my friends and myself through the application process is because of how everything is this year and last year, because we're 2021 now, it's it's important for you to have that good personal essay. It's important for you to have those good short answer responses, those extracurriculars. Even if, you know, you haven't done that many things, there's a lot of things that classify as extracurricular. So when you are filling out your college application, try to put as much as you can. For example, a job is a huge thing. If they know that you're working, making money, supporting your family, whatever you're doing, and also enrolled in high school, and you have a part-time job, like that's a big deal. Same thing with clubs. If you're not in clubs, not a big deal. One of my friends is not in any clubs, and they have good grades, and they're still you know, filling out their applications. They're not going to let it worry them. They're just going to do what they can with those essays and stuff like that. Wherever you lack, you can always make up for for something else in your application process, I'd say. Mm -hmm. This is kind of a mellow episode. Next episode is going to be very fun. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. But I hope you guys enjoyed us kind of just ranting about the college process. A lot of people that are listening that are our friends have already been through this process and they're in the same boat we are where we're just waiting for everything. So in March and April, probably mid-April, is when we'll update you guys on all of our college decisions because I believe that's the latest we're going to find out anything. Mm -hmm. My last one is like April 1st. 
I think. So. I love how Kaylee knows the dates. I don't even know. Oh, I know every day for I don't do research. I submit my application and be like, well, maybe I get an email in a few months. My next one is mid-March. That's actually when a buttload of them comes in. Now now I'm like scared. All UCs are mid-March. Oh, that's only one school for me. Waiting on my no. I don't think you're going to get rejected. Uh, yeah, they're out. I mean, their acceptance rate's like thirty-seven. Well, that's uh, a reach, then. If you want to, yeah, I think that is a reach. Yeah, that's my only reach. Then, okay, Seth does have a reach, everyone. Yay! You made it this far. Sorry, <laughs> Seth did apply to one reach school, so. <laughs> but it's okay to not apply to any reach schools at all. Normalize not applying to reach schools. Normalize being nervous about college applications. Normalize not going to college. Normalize everything. I think that's it for this episode. Seth, unless you have something to say. No, I think that's it for me. Okay, Seth, you want to close us out? Thank you for listening. And join us back next Saturday for... Am I allowed to say it, Kaylee? Sure, why not? Kaylee's social security number is... (laughs) Our music... Our music... Music Digest episode. Here we talk about music. Who doesn't love a little music? We won't get copyrighted, though. Hopefully We're not going to be playing any music. Oh, I don't know how that works. We cannot play music. Okay. Unless I email Kevin Parker and say, Hey, do you well, mind if I use inter- <laughs> the entire Inner Speaker album for my <laughs> to talk about my podcast? <gasps> Spoiler alert! Might be talking about Inner Speaker by Tim and Paula. Maybe listen no. to it before next episode. Mm. Seth doesn't agree. Well, join us back (laughs) next Saturday for us not listening to music. But talking about it. Music Digest moment. Thanks for listening. Thank you to all of our listeners from our first episode. We love hearing your feedback. Let us know if you want us to do anything new. We take constructive criticism. Oh, and DM us if you need help with college. Kaylee will yes. help you. Seth will also help you. Kaylee will help DM you. DM us if you have college questions. If you don't know us and you're, you know, someone that's listening from a different country. Apparently, we have some people listening from Mexico. Woohoo. I don't really know how that college process works, but if you're applying to the United States, then maybe we can help you with that. I don't mind at all. Hit us up in the DMs. Follow us on Instagram. At It's Kind of a Funny Story Pod. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Have a great weekend.